Hello and welcome back to the Take a Trip podcast. This is episode seven and we've had really nice weather in London recently. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I've got my dose of vitamin D and I hope you're feeling good too. So today's episode is a little bit heavy. We're going to be talking about themes of suicide and murder and we're also going to talk about a cult. Um, If these are things that you can't really handle, things you don't like, then I would just suggest checking back next week for the next episode. But if you're cool with listening about this kind of stuff then today we're going to talk about the death of Stephen Minio and the Orgone cult, an online cult founded by a woman named Sherry Schreiner who was an otherwise anonymous cult leader known for her very extreme teachings on the New World Order featuring various conspiracy theories. Before I start though, I just want to say, I mean, no disrespect or harm to these people mentioned in today's episode. Please do not send any hate to anyone involved with this. I'm simply just presenting information that I have just compiled from a bunch of online sources. And if you check the description down below, you'll see all of the links to all of the sources I use to create today's episode. So I know, I know, most of the cases that I've covered have been in the UK. So today I figured, you know, let's take a trip to the USA. On July 15th, 2017, a Monroe County 911 operator received a frantic call from a distressed woman. She explained that her boyfriend had been shot in the head and she was the one who pulled the trigger. The person making this call identified herself as 46-year-old Barbara Rogers. Barbara was calling about her boyfriend Stephen Minio, who was laying on the floor in front of her with a fatal gunshot wound to the head. Stephen was just 32 years old at his time of death. He had a tough life growing up. His friend explained in a Vice documentary that Stephen's mother had abandoned him when he was 16, so from a young age, he was a lost soul. He had no real sense of belonging and he just seemed to float through life with no real purpose. Stephen was described to be a very patriotic man. He loved collecting military memorabilia and often enjoyed anything to do with survival. He owned camping knives, tents, sleeping bags and lots of outdoor equipment. He also was a big prepper, which in short, is someone who collects survival gear in anticipation for a large catastrophic event to sweep the nation. Stephen held very strong views about the New World Order though. He believes strongly in Armageddon, which is by definition in the New Testament, the last battle between evil and good before the day of judgment. He held some biblical views and enjoyed wallowing in the endless conspiracy theories that would spring up online, on forums and social media. For fun, Stephen would shoot guns into the woods in his local area, which was actually something that residents of Monroe County would do regularly. And this was just often referred to as a stress release to him. In 2011, Steve met the future love of his life, Barbara Rogers, on Facebook and they met because they were both members of a growing group of people named the Orgone Warriors. This group was run by a woman named Sherry Schreiner, an important figure in Stephen's life from the day he met her in 2010. Like I said earlier, Sherry was a semi-anonymous preacher who believed that the world was run by evil reptilian aliens who were essentially just spawns of Satan. She gained a bit of reputation for her racist, homophobic, transphobic online rants. Not a great character. But we're going to talk about Sherry and her followers in a little bit more depth later. 
they had a lot of involvement with this case. So back to Stephen and Barbara. They met through Sherry's little community and they exchanged messages for a couple of weeks, exchanging worldviews and beliefs, and they figured out that they had a lot in common. So eventually they decided to meet up in person and sure enough, they got on really well and sparks started to fly. And before they knew it, there was a budding romance in the Organ Warrior world. And while some were excited about it, others grew jealous. Some months later, Barbara and Stephen decided to take it up a notch and move in together. They decided to move into a small studio flat in the Poconos Mountains in Pennsylvania. And you might be wondering, why would such a young, fresh couple want to move into such an isolated area? Well, their leader, Sherry Schreiner, had regularly preached to them that the Poconos Mountains were a safe zone from the reptilians and the New World Order, so it was the perfect place to move and start a family. Barbara had served in the military for eight years, but she was discharged due to her mental health. She suffered from bipolar disorder, and this meant that she got checks regularly from the military. So her and Stephen just decided to live on these checks, and they devoted their lives to Sherry Schreiner and her teachings. Life seemed to be going okay for Barbara and Steve. They settled into their new home and they began to even call each other husband and wife, although they weren't married because Stephen said he didn't believe in getting married because it was too connected with the government and all those kind of things. However, strange accounts on Facebook began to bully the couple online as they shared their admiration for each other. In the beginning, it would just be small rude remarks, but eventually they evolved into death threats for seemingly no reason at all. Stephen was receiving disturbing messages like, we're going to feed your wife to the queen, Sherry, and the queen needs to drink your pure blood. Soon after these messages, Stephen received photos of his home through another weird account, and this was enough to make Stephen report this strange activity to the police. And the police even reviewed the photos and they determined that it was nothing other than a screenshot from a Google Street View of Stephen's house, meaning that the person wasn't actually outside their home. The officers explained that this was probably just a childish scare tactic and the people should just be blocked. So they instructed Stephen to report any further harassment to them and block whoever was sending these messages. Obviously, this started to affect Stephen and Barbara really bad because they're just a new couple in a new home and now they didn't feel secure. On the 10th of April, 2017, Barbara had made some steak tartar and posted it on Facebook, as many of us do when we have food that we enjoy. But Within a few hours, Barbara was bombarded with messages saying that she was a witch, a demon, a vampire, and definitely not an orgone warrior. Sherry Schreiner herself said that she was a reptile and proceeded to ban Barbara from the group on Facebook. She claimed that eating raw meat made her a bloodthirsty vampire who wanted to kill Stephen. And Stephen heard this news and became enraged, sticking up for his girlfriend. He insisted that the rumours weren't true and even tried to make videos to prove his point. Barbara even said in an interview that Stephen had gone to the extent of placing Orgone on Barbara and sending the video to the Facebook group saying, look guys, the Orgone isn't melting or dissolving her so she can't be a witch. And he also began to call Sherry a false prophet which made Sherry furious. Now, I keep talking about Orgone, I'm going to talk a bit more about that later on and what it's meant to do. But in short, Orgone is meant to help protect the Orgone warriors or the cult followers from evil forces. A podcast called The Opportunist went really in depth on Sherry Schreiner. And one interesting thing they pointed out was that Sherry is really not good with criticism. 
she didn't really know how to understand the fact that people will have different opinions on her and she was really manipulative and she honestly just saw her opinion as the absolute truth and anything she didn't agree with was lies built to tear her down and people who held different views to her were just quote haters and when Stephen produced these videos out in Sherry she got angrier and in turn so did her followers. Eventually Stephen too was kicked out of the Facebook group by Sherry and he was completely abandoned again. Another woman in his life who he looked up to and regarded as an important figure in his life had just left him again. Stephen had built his life around Sherry. Like I said, they met on Facebook back in 2010 and instantly she became the mother that he never had. Sherry saw that Stephen was vulnerable and gave him what he thought was guidance to a better life. He'd even moved to the Pocono Mountains because Sherry said so. And he honestly just became her right-hand man. He would produce content for her social media accounts and they were inseparable. They would literally speak every day about conspiracies and beliefs. Stephen's friend even recalled how wrapped up Stephen was in Sherry's teachings. He genuinely believed that the government elites and celebrities were just a family of big reptilians which crawled out of the center of the earth. His friends all thought he was crazy, but this didn't stop him from scattering organ crystals around town and putting up flags which related to his strong belief system. So how did all of this end in his death? Well, we only know Barbara's version of events and the police say that her story changed each time she told it. When she was interrogated, Barbara apparently told the police 24 times that she didn't intentionally kill Stephen that night, but the police didn't believe her. So let's have a look into Barbara's chain of events. On July 15th, 2017, both Barbara and Stephen went out to a local bar for a few drinks. This was to distress from the intense week they just had. So when it got late, they decided to head back home to their studio apartment. But before going inside, Barbara said that Stephen wanted to shoot his gun into the woods. She said she initially asked him to just come straight inside, but Steve really wanted her to shoot the gun with him, so Barbara gave in. She went out and shot the gun once into the woods with Stephen, and after she shot the gun, she gave the gun back to Stephen and walked inside their flat, and I read in some sources that she just went straight into her bedroom and got ready for bed because she was really tired. Stephen followed Barbara indoors some time after, but his demeanor was weird. His mental health was starting to slip during the entire Sherry situation, so Barbara figured it was just a bad day and he was a little bit bummed out. She said that he had been arguing with Sherry that entire day, hence why they wanted to go out for drinks to take their minds off of it all. But then Stephen does something really strange. He takes a .45 caliber semi-automatic Glock and aims it at his head. And he takes Barbara's hands and wraps them around the gun. And Barbara said she was confused. But before she knew, Stephen had the nozzle of the gun pressed against his forehead and had squeezed Barbara's finger on the trigger and the gun went off. He'd apparently shot himself using Barbara's hands point blank to the head. There were apparently burn marks around the wound as well because the gun was so close to his head and Barbara said that Stephen had even asked her to pull the trigger and in one police interview, she said that she just did as she was told. So obviously, as you can tell, this story raised a lot of eyebrows. Why would a man who loved his girlfriend so much implement her in a suicide that looks like a homicide? Why was it so sudden and was he suicidal at all or had he just been murdered in cold blood? 
Questions definitely started to fly about this case and the media really went crazy. People were taking into consideration Barbara's mental health and apparently at the time of Stephen's death, she was not on her medication for her bipolar disorder. But I'm here to say that just because someone isn't medicated and suffer from a mental illness, it doesn't mean that they're suddenly capable of murder. Yet, at the same time, the way in which Stephen Mineo died was really suspicious and most arrows really do point at Barbara. Barbara was arrested and she went to trial. She was found guilty of third degree homicide and she was sentenced to 15 to 40 years in prison. Stephen's family wasn't happy about this sentence though. His aunt Jackie Mineo said in a report that, to me it's amazing how someone could just put a gun to someone's head, blow their brains out essentially, and a jury finds them guilty of third degree murder and not first. I forgot to put in that Barbara actually had a child from a previous marriage. Her name was Alina and she wasn't actually living with Barbara and Stephen at the time of the murder, but she knew her mother and she knew her character. So this is what she said about it. Alina said that she doesn't believe her mother pulled the trigger on purpose at all because when she listened back to the 911 call, she said that her mother sounded way too frantic and distressed to be a cold and calculated murderer. Stephen Mineo's case gained a lot of popularity due to its potential ties to a cult and a lot of articles painted Barbara as this insane cult member who killed her partner but let's be honest a lot of the claims are based off of information that is taken completely out of context. The media see a death and then they see a cult and they get really excited because that's their perfect story. It's creepy, it's strange and it's mysterious and it's gonna get them a lot of money. But sure, the online cult did play a decent part in the events leading up to the murder, but that night there were only two people in the house, so it was between Barbara and Stephen, and they were the only people that knew the truth of what happened. Sherry Schreiner wasted no time during this entire ordeal though. She made sure to keep up to date with the entire situation, regularly updating her followers on the supposed quote, witch and condemned her for taking away someone from their community. She accused Barbara of isolating and abusing Steve and turning him against the cult so that she could kill him. But she never really mentioned how in Steve's video, the Orgone, a product that she sold from her website and claimed would kill all of the evil forces against them, this didn't kill Barbara, who she said was a witch. So something wasn't adding up. Sherry alleged that Barbara had premeditated Stephen's murder and she had taken away Sherry's closest supporter. She shared that Stephen had quote, supported her for 14 years, which meant he dedicated almost half of his life to her teachings and producing content for her brand. But I think most people who have heard stories of cults or even have a little insight into how manipulation works, they would know exactly what is going on here. Sherry had latched onto Stephen when he was at his most vulnerable point. A boy who was alone, getting into trouble with the police and setting himself up for failure. Sherry was a mother figure to him, but she used it to her advantage because to her, he was like an employee, someone who she knew she would never lose control over. But when she did, tables turned and she turned the entire cult on him. The Orgone Warriors was like Stephen's family and suddenly being turned on by the people you love can lead to really sad events like this one. 
So I keep mentioning this thing called orgone and I gave you a really, really short insight into it a little while ago. We already established that Sherry believed that orgone was a very powerful thing to own. So while cruising through one of Sherry's many websites, I came across www.orgonewarriors.com where Sherry detailed how to make your own orgone if you didn't want to purchase it through her. And... <laughs> Well, when I checked her website, Sherry didn't really seem that bothered if people wanted to buy organ from her or not, because I found it kind of funny. On the order page of her website, she wrote, I'm taking the order page down through winter. If you have an order of $500 or more, you can contact me and I will consider making it for you. Otherwise, I'm staying warm this winter instead of dealing with a cold garage. Ya bless. Which by the way, ya is their way of saying God. So I think it's safe to say that Sherry could have probably worked on her business management skills a little bit better, but Sherry's attitude towards her followers versus her attitude towards money shifted undoubtedly. In the Opportunist podcast, they went in depth about this entire thing as well, and I highly suggest listening to it. One of the things they brought up was the amount of money that Sherry made. In 2014, Sherry had a GoFundMe of which she was the sole beneficiary. I believe it was to raise money for her supplies for research or orgo making and 150k dollars was raised i noticed that in most of her radio episodes podcast episodes whatever they were she would always talk about raising money and sending money here sending gifts to a specific po box so she clearly wanted to profit off of her followers in a sense multiple sources stated that sherry used the gofundme money for her personal needs and it's kind of clear that it didn't really go on her followers because her website didn't even change one bit and nothing much really came from the money. So when I was on the Orgone website, I managed to see some Orgone that she still had up for sale. I don't think you can actually buy it, but I saw that it cost, a normal Orgone would cost you $34 and an Amethyst Orgone pendant is priced at $44. And I can't really tell you if these prices are steep or not because I don't, know the dimensions of the pendant it gave you no dimensions no description of the product whatsoever it just said that it was an orgone pendant and it was 44 dollars so it could either be pea-sized or the size of a plate i don't know i'm sorry i don't have that information for you but if you didn't want to purchase orgone then you would have to create your own out of copper wire fiberglass resin orgone crystals and metal shavings but Sherry actually didn't create Orgone, and she didn't even discover its supposed use. Orgone actually originated from a 20th century Austrian psychoanalysis named Wilhelm Rieck. I think that's how you say his name. But to Wilhelm, Orgone wasn't actually a physical thing that you could buy or sell. It was instead a type of energy which exists throughout the universe and he said that it had sort of a blue-grey tone. So for example, he said that things such as the Northern Lights, St. Elmo's Fire or maybe the blue hue of a sexually excited frog are all manifestations of orgone. An orgone, like what Sherry says, is a way to battle evil forces and even give you a good orgasm. However, Wilhelm was practicing medicine without a license in the USA and he got into trouble for this. When he was in the middle of all this controversy, he asked his followers to 
Remain loyal. That sounds awfully familiar. He was later declared to be mentally insane and many people noticed that he was very much lost in his own lies and delusion at this point. So Orgone was really the center of Sherry's teachings and people argue that this is because she wanted to make profit off of it. She claimed that Orgone had crashed 18,000 UFO ships and even killed aliens and witches, but she had no proof of this. She would preach about aliens and evil beings and conspiracy theories, but at the center of everything was the Orgone. But before I bring this episode to an end, I just wanna talk a little bit more in depth about what Sherry genuinely believed in and how she would get and how she would go about delivering this information to the masses. Well, Sherry explored a lot of things to do with QAnon. She gives me big QAnon vibes, the whole cult does. They believe in very similar things such as anti-vax. They are people who believe that chemtrails are a thing that the government are just generally conspiring against humanity and want to just kill every single human on the planet. She also believed in clones, trying to hide the fact that people in the government were huge aliens. She would rant about these things all the time. Like I said a million times before, go and listen to the Opportunist podcast because it really goes into depth about the things that she would teach these people. Sherry used to share a lot of her conspiracies online, mainly through a Facebook group, which currently has around 3,000 people. She also had an online radio show, which she called the Blacklisted News and Bible Prophecy. This show totaled around 90,000 plays. Or she had a YouTube account, which had 27k subs and a lot of videos. I believe it was over 200 videos. And her YouTube account features videos of supposed alien sightings, of politicians acting weird, because she believed that pretty much every elite person in the USA, or just around the world at that matter, a lizard beneath their skin. And she would post pictures of celebrities and say, hey, look, do you see the way their throat is bulging? Yeah, it's because they're a lizard. You know, these people could just be having a really bad day and, you know, they could be at a press conference and pass out on the floor. And Sherry would come around and say, yep, yep, they passed out because they are a lizard. And that's all I have to say. And if you've got this far into the episode, you're probably asking, Leah, who even is Sherry? You've told me about her teachings. You've told me about her followers and you've told me about her potential links to murder, but you haven't actually told me who she really is. Well, that's because no one actually really knows. Sherry and her family remained pretty much fully anonymous, but we know a couple of things about her though. What we do know is that she was born in 1975 in the USA, where she resided her whole life. She was a Kent State University graduate, and I believe she graduated with two degrees. I think one was in criminology or something along those lines. There's only two pictures of Sherry to date though. One is this old photo of Sherry back in the day and the other is a really pixelated, slightly more up-to-date image of her. Not much about her personal life has ever been leaked. I know that she had kids and she had a husband, but other than that, nothing. She didn't even meet her followers in real life. I think she met a select few towards the beginning of her little venture because they used to go out and put orgone rocks around the usa i guess a few of the orgone warriors actually did meet sherry sherry also encouraged her followers to remain anonymous just like her but some like stephen and barbara did not now i'm not gonna lie 
Back in 2013 to 2016, I was completely obsessed with conspiracy theories. I used to watch a lot of those compilation videos, which would have like all the latest UFO sightings and people who think they saw aliens and then people who thought they saw shapeshifters and ghosts. I used to live for that when I was a kid. And it's really interesting stuff. But for most people, we can kind of draw a line where that stuff crosses from weird internet videos into real life belief systems. Sherry's YouTube channel is an actual shrine for conspiracy theories and everything paranormal. She creates these weird videos that will range anything between one minute to half an hour long. These are meant to contain things such as supposed evidence of clones and I noticed that she was posting a lot of conspiracies about the Kanika Jenkins case just before Sherry died. And her videos about the Kanika Jenkins stuff is so messed up and so disrespectful. I honestly feel really bad for Kanika's family, even having to deal with disrespectful people like this, especially considering Sherry has a large following and you know, it's not just her who believes this stuff, it's her followers too. So I can't imagine the messages that Kanika Jenkins family must receive like regarding all of these theories and stuff. I don't know. It's dead wrong. Well, this is how Sherry would reel in her followers. She presents misleading information as facts and then she'll cast a hook out and she'll wait for a naive and vulnerable person to latch onto it. In an article on thenewrepublic.com, a researcher by the name Gwilliam Chaslot, I'm sorry, he conducted research which looked into how cult leaders would use the YouTube algorithm to their advantage. He noted that YouTube's algorithm is based around how long you engage with a video. If the algorithm suggests a video, you click it, watch it for a minute or two, the algorithm's gonna continue to suggest more videos just like these because you engage with the video for a couple of minutes, which I guess to the algorithm means that, hey, I really love this video. So when people were clicking on Sherry's videos, this was at a time where conspiracy theories weren't as heavily monitored on YouTube. So the algorithm would automatically sense that someone had watched her video for a few minutes, which wouldn't be that hard because her videos were edited compilations, which means that, you know, it's easier to just watch through a compilation of multiple videos as opposed to watching a commentary video or a documentary. Sherry's videos were just straight content in your face, no intro, no context, no nothing, just bang, done, there. It was a lot more bite-sized and easier to consume that way as opposed to longer videos. So in short, if you watch just one of Sherry's videos, you will probably end up on the weird side of YouTube and you'll probably end up falling into a deep rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. I can vouch for that because 13 year old me definitely did fall into that rabbit hole and I believe a couple of you can probably relate. Gilliam Chesler said that we are facing a vicious circle and I agree because cyber cults are growing by the year and groups like QAnon have already visibly caused real life problems and it's kind of worrying how far all of this is going to go. Another interesting thing I found is from a professor of psychiatry in the University of California. His name is Joe Pierre and he puts wild beliefs like Sherry's down to people seeking cognitive closure after facing a traumatic event or chain of traumatic events in their life. So he basically says that naturally we want answers for basically everything in life but when something traumatic happens sometimes people decide to fill in the gap themselves using their imagination. He said that people develop conspiracy theories to patch up a hole in an event that has happened and it can eventually lead to what is called epistemic mistrust which is basically a systemic lack of belief in expertise and institutions 
And I guess we can already see that with the whole anti-vax versus vaccination situation that's going on right now. In January 2018, the Orgon Warriors received shocking news. Their servant, prophet, ambassador, daughter, and messenger of the Most High God had passed away. The news was spreading like wildfire through posts on the Facebook group, and I even discovered a video on YouTube titled Sherry Schreiner has passed away, fly high Sherry with loads of exclamation marks. And the comments were absolutely flooded with prayers and really nice words. Her supporters were clearly devastated to say the least. It's kind of confusing how Sherry died, but one thing we do know is it wasn't long after Stephen Minio was killed. Some sources claim that it was a heart attack, but as far as I know, the family didn't officially disclose any details. So now Sherry's family have taken over her social media and her website, and all of her content is still surprisingly live and frozen in time. I'm quite shocked at this because I feel like YouTube and a lot of social medias are very strict about this kind of stuff now. And Sherry is a big figure. It's not like she's unknown. I mean, she was practically involved with the whole murder. So I'm surprised how her accounts haven't been taken down yet, especially her website. Sherry's family also hasn't disclosed where the money from her GoFundMe went so that will remain a mystery. On Etsy, there is all going up for sale, and I actually saw one that was going for £300. Yikes, that is a lot for a bit of crystal in some resin, but anyways. As for the family of Steve and Minio, I can't really find any information on how they're doing, but what I do know is that Barbara is still serving her sentence. The Orgon Warriors also have a new leader now, a woman who was one of Sherry's closest friends and supporters. If you listen to the Opportunist podcast by Cast Media, their last episode on this, which is the first season, so the last episode of the first season, they go more in depth about the new leader, so if you want to hear about her, go listen to that. And that, my friends, was the online cult who were allegedly involved with a murder. If you or anyone you know is currently involved with a toxic online community, I will leave some resources down below for places to seek help. If you're going to talk to someone about their involvement with a group like Sherry's, if you think they're involved or if you know they're involved, just make sure that you approach them really cautiously and don't attack them because it is really a sensitive topic for someone in that environment you know they probably are in denial about the whole thing so just make sure you're really cautious about it everyone has their own issues a lot of the time and just remember that cult members are damaged human beings not to excuse their behavior though because no amount of damage will ever justify being a downright asshole but like i said advice and resources will be linked down below so i hope you enjoyed this episode it was little bit longer than usual but there was just so much information to cram into one episode i just thought i would just go crazy with it all and i really enjoyed researching this one but if you want to look deeper into the case definitely look at the opportunist by cast media it's a really good podcast very very in-depth and thorough they had lots of interviews with people involved with the cult very very interesting i highly recommend it and that will be linked below too there was also a vice documentary but i think it's I think you have to pay to watch it. You didn't hear it from me, but there is an uploaded version on YouTube. It was literally uploaded a few weeks ago, so go check that out. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Take a Trip podcast. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram for updates and posts relating to the cases that I speak about. And I'm going to catch you next week for another episode. I'm going to go out and enjoy some of the nice warm weather outside now. So bye.